0: Faith Podcast, where we talk about how you can connect your faith to your everyday life. Today, we're going to be tackling a fun question. What is a friend? You know, is there a real standard for what we should expect for our friends? And honestly, you know, I always like to start off with a definition. So we make sure we're on the same page throughout the whole episode. Uh, I know I'm definition guy. I love it. But a friend just as a general meaning is someone that we do life with and christianese ish term. We'll get to that in a little bit, but it's someone we do life with and actually like enjoy doing it with and choose to do it with. Cause there's going to be a lot of people that maybe we work with, or uh, as we're going to school that we, we do have to do life with, but they might not necessarily be a friend. And so that, that friend threshold really c- happens when we want to do it with them. We want to do life with them. And it's really important as we approach this idea of friendship, because it, it's important who we hang out with and who we spend time with, because they are going to impact who we are becoming.
1: Yeah. The reality is that we want to, as Christians, be loving and accepting of all people. And we want people to be loving and accepting of us no matter what. But the truth is, when it comes to something like the friends we surround ourselves with, we do have to have certain standards. And so as we talk about friends and friendship, uh, you might kind of wonder why it's so important. Why even take the time to do a full episode just on having friends as a Christian? And the first thing is that as Christians, specifically for us, We have to remember that faith is something that's done in community. Now, personally, this is a big part of my calling. So it's something that I talk about a lot is this idea of encouraging unity in the church and community and faith. And it's not just a personal thing this is something that's talked about time and time again throughout scripture. I mean, we've all heard that iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. A cord of three strands isn't easily broken. And one of my favorites is that I can't say to the foot, I don't need you and vice versa. you know, All of these verses that you'll probably hear me mention again, that speak to this idea of we are made to be in community. And we have to recognize that one part of the community is just as important as every other part. We have to learn how to work together as Christians, as opposed to as separate entities. You know, it's that idea of church being a place of 100 people in the same room, versus being a body of believers.
0: Yeah, this this whole idea of friendship, I think, kind of is uh, abstract, because we do surround ourselves by so many people we are actually in community with so many people but who is our friend why are they important like who who do we actually choose and say yes that is my friend we do things together we talk together whatever but it's more than just a passive being around each other there's there's a little intentionality to it
1: that's where that whole definition thing comes in where what really makes the difference and How we label that relationship is that choice, that element of I am choosing to be with this person, Um, hopefully again, because we want to be a part of a community as Christians, uh, but also from a more spiritually practical aspect, for lack of a better way to put it, a more spiritually practical aspect here is that we have to remember as Christians that Satan loves to seek us in isolation. We we have to remember that Satan is our adversary and that he chooses to go after people when they're alone. I mean, from the beginning, God made it clear that it is not good for man to be alone. That's why Adam got Eve. And since then, it's just been about we need to work together. We need to be with other people. And again, just kind of using Satan as the reason here, we know that Satan is the enemy and Jesus is his enemy number one. So Satan's going to save his best stuff for Jesus. If he's going to try and take Jesus down, he's going to hit him with his A-game material. And what's the first thing he does with Jesus is he takes him out into the wilderness alone to tempt him. He gets him away from everybody else. And so this is why that friendship idea is not just some hokey little thing about we're all holding hands and singing about how we're all father Abraham's children or something like that. Like this is actually a really key aspect of our faith.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's a very biblical thing to actually make sure that we have good friends, that we have a standard for friends. And one of the first figures or or groups or two people that come to mind, the first uh, friends, the first friend, I mean, they're not, they're not the first friends (laughs) that ever existed. They're just like the two standards that we look at. We know King King David. We've heard many of the stories. I think it's really hard to escape church without having heard stories of David. You got David and Goliath, you got him as king, you got him wrestling all these animals. Like David's really well known and he had a friend named Jonathan and they were great friends. They loved each other. They like they, their own soul. That's so like weird to think about in today's times because we we have this like wall set up of like i can't be vulnerable with people but like david and jonathan had this vulnerability had this closeness had this relationship that they were really good friends and it's built on like this love like homies can love each other (laughs) it's good i love my homie will i love my homie ben but in in truth
1: yeah, they they had a deep friendship that was built on love. And I think nowadays we kind of have these ideas about masculinity and femininity and we can talk about gender norms in another podcast. That's not what we're here to talk about today, but certainly David and Jonathan defied some of our modern day norms. I mean, these guys loved each so loved each other so much that when they knew that they were going to have to separate from each other, they held each other and cried and kissed each other's cheeks. Now, today, we might poke fun at a guy for crying when his friends leave, but, you know, no one's going to accuse David of not being a manly man. This dude fought Elias, he fought lions, and yet he loved his friends so much that he cried at his loss.
0: And anyone out there that says men don't cry, y'all one like men we do cry and two that is a christological heresy jesus wept and if you say men don't cry you're you're saying jesus wasn't fully man he was like the man so like yeah men men it's okay to cry <laughs> like it, it's okay cry with the homies it's good it's healthy it's was, emotional relief
1: i was gonna say it's okay to cry not even just in private but like with your friends that's okay and women It's okay for you to cry too. We're not just saying this is all for men. But, you know, again, David, the point here is that David and Jonathan really exemplified the idea that what they were concerned with was not meeting some kind of norm of acting like a man in front of their buddies, but vulnerability and love and care for each other. That's the biblical model that we get from them. And beyond that ability to cry together, because, like, while that is important, it's obviously not everything. David and Jonathan, they fought both for and with each other. You know, Jonathan fought against even his own father for David's sake. These guys fought side by side in literal battles and in kind of emotional family battles. They stood up for each other. And again, Jonathan looking at his fight with his dad over David. Saul wanted to kill David. Saul was his father. Saul was the king. And yet Jonathan still, when he realized that his father had gone bad, said, no, my friendship with David is so great that I'm even going to count this over my family relationship. And so again, we see that sometimes even in scripture, there's a model for friendship, true good friendship can sometimes be even greater than the relationship we have with family. And I think it kind of goes back to that whole element of choice because we don't choose our family but we choose our friends
0: right and a lot of times like i refer to people that i am really good friends with as family as as the homies as the brothers as the sisters like we do that because it's the the good friends we have are the family we choose
1: you my brother in christ
0: you just my brother wow okay i I just got friend zoned by like you're my brother in christ (laughs) Sorry Will, Bang. I'm married.
1: But, <laughs> but the point the point here is not to say that, you know, friends are always more important than family, but just to give you an idea of the biblical view on friendship is one that is way more than surface level. It is so deep. It is so heavily rooted in love and in sacrifice and all of these things. It's deep. It's vulnerable. It's emotional to the point where sometimes, again, not always, but sometimes it can go even stronger than family ties. And so we've talked a little bit about David and Jonathan because they are, like Will said, they're kind of the inescapable friends because David is talked about everywhere in the church. Uh, But another great example of a good, solid biblical friendship is between Jesus and the apostles. Now, of course, Jesus is a much better example of a friend than the apostles are, because, you know, let's face it, the apostles are also fully human and not at all God. So they didn't (laughs) do their job that well sometimes. But we see that they ate and drank and they ministered together. They did a lot of stuff together as
0: friends they did life together. Uh, And like, I kind of said that in the intro, like they did life together. It's this, I didn't realize how Christianese it was, but it, it started as, as this like trend, I guess on Instagram. And I, like, I hate using Christianese, but I also think it explains and encapsulates things really well because it, it does mean like we, we go through life and we should not do it alone. We should be, going through life with people and the people that we we choose to do it with are the people we are doing life with we're going through this crazy adventure called life
1: thank you to vox for confirming that this is in fact christianese because we weren't a hundred percent sure but yeah doing life together this is one christianese phrase that me and will can both endorse and say that's what we do as friends that's what jesus and the apostles did they did life together. Uh, but again, a lot of Jesus and the apostles' friendship was a little one-sided. And so we kind of look to Jesus and see how he treated his friends, maybe more than how they treated him. But one of the first things that comes to mind is Jesus did not treat his friends poorly for their sins. Read the Gospels, and there is time after time after time where the apostles do these really awful maybe even a
0: little dumb things if I dare go that far. (laughs) Uh, I I would go that far. We we people, the apostles people, we all out here doing dumb stuff. We did some
1: dumb stuff. It's life. And he did call them out on it. As a good friend, he called them out on their sin and said, why did you have no faith? Why did you worry? Why did you run? Why couldn't you stay awake for 30 minutes with me while I prayed? He didn't call them out to condemn them, though. But he called them out so that they could move to something healthier and better than where they were. But never did Jesus attack his friends or make them feel bad about who they were because of what they did. He always talked about their sins in a way that he was trying to lift them up. Jesus never abandoned his friends either, even though they literally did abandon him twice At the moment of the arrest and at the crucifixion, many of them were away. and Those homies bailed. They really did, man. Get you some homies who won't bail. But Jesus never abandoned them. No matter how bad things got, I mean, God, his final words on the cross were, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I think that went out to the apostles as much as it did to the Roman guards because they weren't there. But Jesus, he was still thinking about them. And so if I could kind of sum up what Jesus shows us is he forgave often, and he loved deeply, and he lived sacrificially. And that's the model that we get for a biblical friend from Jesus.
0: Yeah, Jesus showed us how to be a friend to other people. He was a great, like literally the best model we could possibly see in the way that he interacted with his disciples because they were his friends they were doing life with him and uh you know as we kind of talk about friends we we got to come up with the reality that some people are bad friends like not not everyone's going to be a good friend no you you are in the best friend category but like we we have friends that were like they're not good for us they we do life with them we do hang out with them and it's maybe not good stuff maybe it's Harmful to our souls, we have good friends that like yeah we'll we'll hang out, they're good for us, we have fun, we do whatever like i I love playing board games with friends, and then there there are best friends and, and for the longest time, I was very adamant that like you can only have one best friend, and uh i I was that guy in high school, I was like, no, you can't have multiple best friends, you have one best friend, but now'm like no i I get that best friend is a category where it's like those are are the closest people right there.
1: I feel like that's one of those things that comes out of just the self-consciousness of being a child where we only have one best friend because we want to be everybody's one best friend. And so as a kid, you really think like, no, there's only one. And when someone says that someone else is their best friend, oh, deep hurt, man. Deep, deep hurt.
0: Maybe? like I, I just remember talking with people that would be like, oh, yeah, this is my best friend, and this is my best friend, and this is my best friend. And, like, again, high school me, not, like, me now. But at the time, I was like, that's stupid. The word best means top, like, the absolute highest friend. You can only have one of those. Like, I, like Chris Briner, he is my best friend right now because, like, he was my best friend in high school. So I'd be like, that is the best friend. And now I'm like, yeah, I got multiple people that I'd be like, yeah, these these are the best quality of friends so how do we really go about that? How do we like justify and and hold expectations to it?
1: Um, Well, I I think the question then is like, what should we expect of our friends? You know, we see all of this biblical example and it would be great if we had one friend who fought for us, fought with us, cried over us, cried with us, who didn't judge us, never can. I mean, if we had someone who met all of those check boxes, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to old podcast. If we had someone who met all of those checkboxes, sure, it would be great, um, but we have to be realistic. And so the question is then what standard do we set? What should we expect our, our friends? And I think before we jump into that, before we jump into the specifics, we have to step back and say, whatever our standard is, no matter how high or how low we wanna go with this, we have to be willing to hold ourselves to the same standard. And so, Will, I just kind of ask you, what is the standard that at least, you know, from your point of view, what is the standard?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things that factor into that standard of a friend. And for me, like it's going to start filtering out from like vulnerability and realness with people. Uh, Number one, they hold you accountable. They call you out on your crap, like.
1: Like saying crap on a Christian podcast.
0: I said the heck word. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But like, realistically, you, you need people that are going to surround you that are going to come around you. And when you do something messed up, like they'll be like, Hey, that ain't you. That's not the best that you can be. Because I think we, we like to surround ourselves with people that are fine with where we're at, but a, a real friend wants to see the best in you and i know like ben has done this for me on on occasion where he's like well where's that coming from it's kind of a whack statement that's not you that you're like not the normal you and sometimes we have bad days it is what it is but somebody needs to call you out and check you on it another thing is like a, a good friend they gotta want what's best for you the, the intentions and, and the desires, like they, they want to see what's best for you. And I usually caveat that, that like everybody has their own opinion on what's best for you. But they do truly, like, they are well intended. They want the best thing for you.
1: I think a specific way that that plays out is that as they want what's best for you, it means that they also celebrate good things for you. Good friends sure. should not be, like, getting jealous of you. And as a good friend, you should not be getting jealous of your other friend's success. A real friend is just happy to see that you are succeeding and you are happy. When the
0: homies succeed, we all succeed. Amen. They also, like, they got to stand with you. They got to be committed. They, they can't be, like, loose friends that something bad happens and they disappear they can't just be kind of with the wind and oh you you're doing really great and now you're not so uh peace out homie uh, that's that's kind of a standard for friends like if you're friends in the good times and in the bad so even at the lowest per- moment of a person's life we still got to love them and be friends with them for me they also got to stay real with you the the old keep it 100 but the reality is, like we need to be honest and and open, and you know, some days we have good days, some days we have bad days, and that's just part of life. And people need to be able to be real with you. People need to have that openness to have good and bad days.
1: I think, just kind of as an opportunity to speak to Will and Maya's friendship, a As a way of saying thank you to Will and B, so you guys can kind of know who you're talking with, listening to here. Um, This is probably one of the biggest areas that made me and Will connect the way that we did, is that not only was Will real with me, but that I was able to be real with him. And this is something that when I do talk about our friendship with other people, I I share is like one of the most important aspects. And it's something that everybody should be looking for in a friend. If you don't feel like you can be yourself, if you feel like you have to put on a mask, like you can't be honest, you can't, I mean, heck as a Christian, if you can't confess your sins in front of that person, then you got to ask how good of a friend are they? Um, I think part of what comes with that is that lack of judgment, but we'll touch on that more later. But um, you really need to look for that ability to just be yourself with your friend. That is so important.
0: It really is. And I, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, if it's a fear thing, but so often we feel we can't be real with people. And I absolutely refuse to do that with anybody because I'm like, no, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be me. And that doesn't mean that Every day's a good day. Like, you need the people that are gonna call you out on the bad days and be like, hey, that's not you. But you also gotta be real with them and be like, hey, <laughs> right now today is a really bad day, and I'm struggling because I'm on the struggle bus constantly. And then that kind of leads us to what actually is a, a like good sign, green flags of a good friend. Green flags green flags man we gotta be looking for them we ain't looking for red flags we're looking for green flags uh for me it's like you gotta have somebody you can laugh with like, hey, <laughs> oh that was so fake that was painful that's not being real ben but like i look at it as like somebody you can hang out with you can laugh with like if you can laugh with somebody that's I don't know. It just feels like your your guard is lowered. You're hanging out. You're having a good time. And it can be laughing about some of the stupidest things ever. But it's laughter. It's joy. It's fun.
1: Another great example from our lives. You guys don't see it, but me and Will are halfway across the country from each other. Will is very, very far away. So these recordings... A thousand miles. thousand. I think it's more than that. <laughs> I think it's two thousand.
0: It, it's a thousand and some change. It's oh. a thousand back to St. Augustine for me.
1: Um. So we're always on Google Meet as we're recording this, and we laugh so much. Not only during the recordings, we have to kind of back away and cut some of the laughter out. But also, just as we're talking about the episodes beforehand, there's a lot of laughter there. And that's, it really is. That's like one of the best parts of having friends, is people you can laugh with.
0: Life's an adventure we should be able to enjoy with the people that are around us. You ain't laughing, you're probably not enjoying it. Oh no, that's just me.
1: I think my big green flag, the, the one I have to push, is this idea of there isn't any judgment between you. And I'm just going to kind of share a personal example. A, again, with Will, is that was part of why we connected so much. Is Will was someone who I felt like, man, this guy completely does not treat me differently, no matter how bad of things I tell him. Like, he just continues being a good friend. And I think part of the reason I say this is a green flag is because also I've been on the other side of it where, man, when I was in high school, I'm not like this now, but when I was in high school, man, I was a judgy kid. I was a very finger pointy kid. And I probably, realistically looking back, I probably hurt a lot of people. I probably was not a very great friend to those people because I was always judgmental. I saw all the negative in people and not the positive. But as I've gotten older, what I've heard from a lot of people who are closer to me is that one of the reasons they do like talking with me is that I'm able to listen without being judgmental. And I think people need that so, so much right now. I mean, we talked about how this is probably why counseling and talk therapy are in so high demand right now. It's because so many people love the idea of having someone that you can just talk to and they're not going to judge you we shouldn't have to pay $200 an hour to get that. That's just part of being friends is you should be able to talk to each other and
0: not experience that judgment. Yeah, that's just, it, it's so on the head there that we, we really want to be judged. We really need the people in our life that aren't going to judge us. And that's not to say like, they're not going to, to just let it go. If that makes sense, like, they're not going to judge you, but they're going to to call out what's best in you. They want what's best for you. And they want to be like, hey, I, I get what you're going through right now. And I want to I want to sit with you through that I want to be there with you through it. But I also know, like, you're better. I want to call out the good in that. Uh, they help you grow in life. That's like a good friend will make you a better person will help you grow in your relationship with God. Like they help you grow because like you said, at the beginning, the people that you surround yourself with are pointing in the direction of where you're going in life. There's also a huge level of trust. And I think that kind of goes without the, the or with the section about judgment and not having any, but trust is so important I'm a very trusting person. Like unless you give me a reason not to trust, I will trust you. And it I some people call it naive, but it makes life so much easier because I don't like to have a wall up. I don't like to put things up between me and people. I want to just be friends with people and do life with people whoever they are and the last major thing that I have is to say like they bear your burdens with you. They don't see that you're hurting and then abandon you. They don't see that you're hurting and then kick you while you're down. No, they they come alongside of you and say, hey, I, I get that it sucks right now. And they help remind you that it, it will get better. And they're honest with you about it. But they're honest that it sucks right now and they just want to go through it with you at the time. I know... Ben has been like that in my life before where I'm like, dude, I'm just stressing right now. I <laughs> haven't slept in a week hardly at all. And he's like, dude, I get it. How, how can, what do you need to do to actually make sure you're getting sleep? What are you stressed about? And like having the, the friendship to be able to talk about things is so important because yeah, we shouldn't need to pay $200 an hour to say, hey, I'm really stressed about this upcoming event or I'm really stressed about a relationship. Like, no, we, we should have friends. Not to say like therapy is good for things that we need to actually work through at a at a different level, but just to have a conversation, that shouldn't be that expensive. Maybe, maybe it's the cost of taking somebody out for lunch and being like, hey, let's hang out. That's a lot cheaper than therapy.
1: I mean, for example... I only charge Will about $30 an hour to talk to me.
0: <laughs> oh, It's good because I charge him $30 an hour too so it like evens out. Oh please
1: out I'm way in your debt here Will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, It'll catch uh, up one day. I don't know what you're talking about. You ain't in debt with me.
1: <laughs> but in all seriousness yeah this is uh, that's such a big part that Friends are people who they share your burdens with you. Um, People who you can walk with and know that they're going to help you out. They're not just going to leave you while you're down or even worse, kick you while you're down, but that they're going to help pick you back up. They will. They will.
0: And those are Um, bad friends. Yes. We don't like to hang out with those friends that beat us up when we're already beating ourselves
1: up. Yes, we do not need that in our lives. And, and we don't remember, want
0: the judgmental friends.
1: And remember, too, as we go through all these things, we talk about these green flags. It's not just to give you a, a, a checklist of like, look for all of these in your friends. And if they fall short in any area, then that means they're a bad friend, kind of thing. It's just a this is an idea of what kind of friends we as Christians should be looking for. And honestly, even if you're not a Christian, hopefully you're looking for these things in a friend. Um, but also, we go back to that first point that each one of these aspects. As long as we hold others to that standard, we need to make sure that we're doing it. We need to make sure we're the person that other people can laugh with, that we're not the person who's casting judgment like high school me used to do so much. We need to make sure that we don't violate people's trust. And oh man, I cannot stress that one enough. Don't violate your friend's trust. (laughs) But you know, help our friends grow, that we carry their burdens with them. The reality is it's important that we have standards for our friends as christians and again not this that we hold others to but also standards that we hold ourselves to because it's it's so easy and i think kind of the worldly wisdom is that we hold everyone else to really high standards but again i always want to call us back to remember that whatever we're holding others to we have to hold ourselves to the same standard or higher because after all we can't force someone to be a good friend no matter how much you work on him you cannot force them to be a good friend but we can start by being a good friend and so as we bring this episode to a close i want to encourage you to remember that from the beginning we were born to be in a relationship not just with god but with each other amen amen thanks again for listening this week We'd like to give a special thank you to Travis D'Amato for both our theme music and sound editing. If you like either, you can find and contact him at Music 93 on Instagram. That's D-A-M-A-T-O, Music 93. Remember to follow us on social media at Everyday Faith Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to share it. We're always looking for feedback to help us grow and we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Faith Podcast.